Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language, and we're here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Dewell. Welcome everybody to the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Dewald, and joining me, as always, is the man from Denver. Though we feel like we're together after all this news in the last week, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing tonight? What's up, man? Do we have anything to talk about? This, now, this episode, you know, pretty, can we t- keep this tight? Real quick, quick, real quick pod, nothing to talk about. Obviously, um, we discussed possibly doing an emergency podcast, of course, following Neil O'Shea's dismissal. I appreciate everybody who reached out to us, text us, emailed us. There was a lot of people who were very excited to hear what we had to say. We decided on letting things simmer, see what kind of comes out, and hopefully some fruit would come to bear. Um, instead of just being one of the, you know, several excellent reaction podcasts. I mean, we are so lucky to be in the market we're in. There's a lot of really great podcasts out there. So we decided to wait a little bit and lo and behold, we go to record on Tuesday and it's just like news drop after news drop, like perspective, perspective, like people are trying to rewrite and write exactly how this all went down. And there, you have different parties trying to frame this different ways. But before we get to that, I mean, let's address it. Neil O'Shea, after a month-long investigation into workplace conduct, was fired, not dismissed, as some people want to uh, frame it as. Let's use the F word here. Um, was fired for for some of his actions. Um, let, let's face it. I think if, he, if the Blazers were winning and this was a clear dynasty and they were a top elite team, I'm a little skeptical that the powers that be would, would take him to task for something like this. But... He was. It was found through this investigation, through some of the leaks we're hearing. We don't have full transparency yet, but through some of what Shams has reported through The Athletic is, you know, they found some stuff there that, that led to a toxic work environment. And Neil O'Shea is no longer the president of basketball operations for the Portland Trailblazers, ending one of the longest tenures for any GM for this team or president of basketball operations, however you want to frame it. Um, we're moving into a new era. So in less than a year, we have a new coach in Portland. We now have new front office personnel. 
So, Brian, what is your first reaction now that the, the dust has settled, the investigation is over, and, and the bad man is gone? Bing bong! <laughs> See you, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll buy his uh, Greyhound pass yeah. back to L.A., baby. Let's go. <laughs> this is good. You know, uh, they really should have done this. We know this is long overdue. And frankly, he should have been canned when they canned Terry and really just kickstarted this whole era at the same time. You know, now we're kind of sitting here with the coach with a long deal that is that was hand you know, cho- chosen by this guy that's no longer with the team, which puts us in an interesting spot. But you know what? I also wish it would have happened for basketball reasons, like we've discussed. But you know, this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy about it. It's the first kind of domino to fall that, that needed to fall in order to kind of get this franchise back on the right track, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we, we touched on this a couple of podcasts ago about things kind of get stale and weird when you're not like a real competitor and you're have a huge payroll and, you know, things just aren't advancing, you know, to take, you know, something that Bill Simmons, Zach Lowe talk about all the time is this team kind of just felt like it missed its window and they needed to shake some things up and, you know, it took forever and it took a really messy in season process. I mean, this is, you know, am I happy the Blazers are moving forward? Do I have my own personal issues with Neil O'Shea? Absolutely. But, you know, this is not ideal. And we're going to get into that. And that's what really what this show is about is we all can rehash, you know, what the Neil O'Shea, you know, situation was. And maybe we'll get we'll get into it before we get off topic. But Really, we're, we're going to deal with a really weird aftermath and where this team goes mm-hmm. forward. And there's a power vacuum now, obviously. And whenever there's a power vacuum, you know, weird stuff tends to happen. And sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. So for, in this case, we're hoping it's good, especially since, you know, you have arguably the franchise most beloved player still on the roster. Um, before we get too far down the road, though, how will you – remember you know if we're sitting here over some beers in 10 years how do you think we're going to remember or look back or maybe 20 years from now look back at the neil shea era how do you think we'll frame it you know what what will we remember about about this time him in portland if it was only you know one or two beers in i think that the primary thing i always think about was his resistance to break up the dame cj backcourt and how that's we might look back as that as what kind of defined Dame's time as Portland is that, you know, post LaMarcus, post Wesley, it was always him and CJ for better or worse. There were some really good teams, really good times, but just can never get over the hump. And to me, that's just the, if I had to boil, you know, give me four or five, six beers, we're getting into a lot of other moves around the margins, but to really distill the era into one, it was, it was his decision to keep two, six, three guys together for, you know, year after year. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender, however, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRENGTH at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRENGTH to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just because 
Neil O'Shea was such a dominant figure and looking at it right now, we'll, we'll look at this and go, you know, this was the Neil O'Shea era. And this was a team that was incredibly stable and mediocre at the same time. Some stuff broke mm-hmm. their way and they made a Western Conference finals run. But really, you know, if you look back at the history of this team, you know, we, we've had some very noteworthy GMs and decision makers come through this franchise. But I really think 20 years from now, Olshay is just going to be an unfortunate footnote on a part of Damian Lillard's career. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, he assembled a pretty good team, but when push came to shove, I don't know if he was able to put his ego aside to really build a team that was ready for contention. I mean, only until, you know, the last couple of years are we seeing first round picks getting put on the table, multiple first round picks to build role players are needed. You had a lot of draft misses, some, you know, let's chalk Zach Collins up to injury. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a discussion for a different day. But, you know, really, did he do enough? And, you know. The- Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The detractors for the CJ McCollum, you know, there there was no trade, you know, point to the trade that was there. And, and yeah, you can play that game now, especially now he's on a huge contract. But I do think there was a time where he had a significant value and you could have looked at this team. And maybe if he wasn't the handpicked player by Neil Olshay, maybe there's more likelihood that he gets moved. I think Neil really fell in love with a lot of his assets. I mean, we saw that with Alan Crabb. We saw that with Myers Leonard. And really just that big commitment to move up and take Zach Collins ahead of some guys that are, you know, at an all-pro level now. So I I think that's what I'm going to remember is more of the guy who didn't quite do enough to get Lillard over the top and – I don't know how much we're going to really remember outside of man. That was real weird when he got dismissed. And yeah, I, I do think players define errors too. And so mm-hmm. they're, I don't think anyone's going to look back at really an old Shea era. We don't talk about the Pritchard era, right? It's, mm-hmm. but when we do start, when you do start dissecting that era, obviously he will come up in some of his shortcomings. And I think you hit it on the head where his lack of humility and, and, and desire to kind of get off his guys to maybe make something else happen. It's really his hallmark as a, as a trailblazer. So let's look forward now and just kind of see what's been happening in the last 24 to 48 hours. As far as now, now we're seeing people try to control the narrative. Of course, you know, Damian Lillard has always been a top has been a topic of discussion since their ugly playoff exit against the Nuggets last year. As you know, this popular star on deck that's going to get traded. A lot of major markets, a lot of media hubs fantasize about 
you know, the trade package that would involve Damian Lillard. So, of course, this news is going to bubble up. It's headline news. It's churning the rumor mill well ahead of the trade deadline. So we're ahead of schedule here. I mean, we're, we're on that, you know, that hardened timeline from last year, basically. So not saying that's what's going on here, but it very much feels that way as far as news dominance. So Shams and I believe Sam Amick did like a co-feature on the athletic and they're kind of pointing out like some of these things that are, and this is kind of more from the player perspective, as far as, you know, Damian Lillard is in this awkward spot where the roster is underperforming right now. No major, no real major changes were made in the off season. There were some nice moves, um, but nothing crazy. Um, and now we're kind of starting to we're starting to see all those dominoes line up to where you're building a case for him to legitimately maybe force his way out if he chooses to, or at least the foundation is there for him to get out. Mm-hmm. So again, we're talking about Jason Kidd not being seriously considered for the coaching position. Uh, Neil O'Shea pushing through uh, and really going with his favorite and Chauncey Billups, which you alluded to earlier. Um, so now we have this hand-picked Neil Shea coach that is coaching the worst defense in the NBA and is acting mm-hmm. like a veteran coach, calling out his players when he has never made the playoffs as a coach. He's never coached through a full season, so kind of awkward. Um, also, you know, to that point, you have Lillard kind of – there's some rumblings that, you know, there's some friction in the in the – practice facility on the sidelines and you know maybe this billups hire you know shocker is not going great for this team so um we have that end of it and then today we have the the neil olshea side of things uh via adrian wojanowski or you know if it's not neil olshea it's at least neil olshea's agent and you know talks about Damian Lillard's sudden drive for this two-year extension at the end of his deal that runs through 2024-25 with a player option on that final year. He has this like obsession with getting a two-year contract extension and being the highest paid player ever in his, you know, mid-30s. Um just kind of comes up, basically talks about how that's added a bunch of friction to team building, um, mm-hmm. has created a problem with the conduit between the players and the ownership, which when Paul was here, that was never an issue. I think Dame had a direct line of communication. There's a lot of like weird smoking gun stuff to that, to that story. Um, basically just, and, and then kind of just at the end caps it off with like Dame is trying to trade his veteran teammates around this idea of getting a yeah. two year extension at the end. So basically it's just, putting Dame on an absolute blast that like he is obsessed with this, you know, two-year contract with outside of John Hollinger mentioning it in passing on, on Tuesday or on Monday, we haven't heard of this really this concept before. And Hollinger isn't quoting anybody or citing anybody when he brings it up. And then all of a sudden you have Woj the next day talking about this two-year $107 million extension that would pay Lillard through age 37, which let's face it, He's a franchise hero, but that's, you know, it's kind of a scary deal with how Dame is, you know, you yeah. know, he's looked this season. So what do you make? First, let's, let's start with Shams. Cause I talked a whole lot right there. So let's, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about Shams real quick. And what do you see from, you know, the player perspective here? 
lot to unpack both these articles with the Shams article, Namek, um, you know, just kind of highlights some of the general dysfunction that we all know is kind of taking place. It's, you don't need a Shams drop to know that there's some, some people who probably aren't thrilled with the way things are going. I mean, I think you can listen to this podcast every week and, and get that, get that vibe. I, th- I think that they really are more critical of, you know, they, they do insinuate that Dame feels a certain type of way. And we know how Dame, how much Dame likes that, right? When people kind of act like they know what is going on in his head, you know, they might be right, but the fact that it's not coming from his mouth always bothers him. So this was more critical, I think, of Olshay and, and the way and kind of the environment and roster he, he'd fostered. But, you know, the fact that even in this article, and they kind of ponder the question of if Dame is offered this huge extension, would he sign it? Just basically because the organization's so, you know, it's just chaotic. And mm. it's like, it's like, come on, fellas. It's 107 <laughs> over it's 107 over two years, buds. He's signing that baby. I mean, that's not only like life change. I mean, he already has life changing money for himself, but you're talking about like wealth that translates through generation through generation through generation. I mean, this is how to like turn around potentially an entire community as we have seen Damian Lillard do in the past mm-hmm. and his own family, like uh, duh, you're going to sign that. Like it'd be criminal not to, but I, my thing is, is ju- it's just so out of nowhere, like coming out of the last couple of days. And it's just also so counter to, to Dame's brand. Like if you think of like how his hierarchy or not even, I shouldn't even say brand Dame is a person from what we know, from mm-hmm. what we can see. Um, it's so focused towards bringing a title to Portland for this to all of a sudden counter to this idea that he's doing this all for an extension late in his career, you know, three, four years out when we're talking about urgency, like, I I don't understand how you can have it two ways because so many of the stories we've heard about Lillard is urgency, urgency, urgency. And now like, where we find out, Oh, it's not having a title contending team right away. It's actually this, contract extension three years from now that's actually driving Damian Lillard's focus and it's going to impact the GM search like come on like yeah. we've heard it this, from his own mouth you know that yeah. that the organization needs to have the same urgency and ability to look in the mirror and prove that he does so mm-hmm. bizarre man I I think though like if you're if you're looking at both sides here and trying to parse together if there is any truth or common things that we're seeing I think for sure there is some friction in this front office. And I'm for sure it didn't start when this investigation into Neil O'Shea started. I really think like when you're talking about Neil O'Shea talking about the pressures he felt via Woj, even though he's not directly quoted, but we all know who that story <clears throat> came from. Oh, yeah. um, you talk about some of the, you know, Lillard applied pressure in that Woj story. And then you're talking in, in the Sham story about, you know, friction with the the Billups decision, the lack of roster turnover, roster building in the summer. I think you arrived at this common truth where it's like, Damian Lillard is not excited about the way this is going. Like, <laughs> there's there's a change that needed to happen that just didn't happen. And I don't know what it looks like, especially if, you know, I don't know what the trade market is for CJ McCollum. I mean, we've had you know, Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons, Kevin O'Connor, everybody, you know, in that sphere of the NBA world talk about what is the CJ McCollum trade market? And like the best they can come up with is like a headache exchange with the Mavericks with Chris Stapp's mm-hmm. Porzingis, which I think really speaks to 
some of the problems that, that Portland's facing. I mean, would I love to just slap it in and, and get, you know, DeMontis Sabonis from the Pacers or, or get Ben Simmons and, and a little something else to get him out of Philly? Absolutely. But I don't think that trade's on the table. And I think if the Ben Simmons trade possibility was there, I think it would have been taken advantage of. We saw that through Jake Fisher's reporting, I believe in Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. and and also Shams in The Athletic is talking about, that was at least an idea that was circled around by the Blazers. I believe like the framework was CJ, a first-round pick, and then you take your pick of Nasir Little or Anthony Simons for, uh, for Ben Simmons, and, and that was declined. And, of course, the counter was what made headlines was, I believe – the Sixers wanted like six picks and CJ McCollum for Ben mm-hmm. Simmons, which is obviously a non-starter for the Blazers. Um, so it's really just <laughs> a weird time for the franchise. And this is oh, man. going back to when this investigation popped up is me and you were both, ex- you know, we were relieved that Neil O'Shea was finally, you know, someone's going to take him to task. I mean, we didn't, we weren't excited that somebody had to deal with a toxic work environment, but you know, the team that we love, we grew up with was going to have a change in direction uh, away from someone that we believed was more interested in his own ego, his own self-preservation necessarily than not bringing it, than bringing a title to Portland. Um, but the timing was terrible and now we're dealing with it. And if anything, like, I think there's two camps of, is this good for the Damian Lillard staying in Portland camp? Like we're finally going to build a roster here or is this going to accelerate Dame's exit? And I think, I don't know. I don't want to speak for both of us, but I'm very much in the camp that this is probably going to accelerate the exit of Damian Lillard. What do you think? It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender, however, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Church of Roy has a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you're in cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com. That's www.simbul.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. I'm not totally sold on that. Um, I think that there's still an opportunity with maybe some fresh blood there that I think they're at least going to try some stuff. I think you try whatever you can to keep your 
franchise icon in town. And I think that a new group could be much more willing to do that, but it's certainly not a, a guarantee and all signs, not all signs, but there are a lot of signs that point to this definitely hastening an exit just with all the chaos and just kind of feels like a rudderless franchise right now that has a lot of issues and, and no point man to make the calls to, to improve this team. I mean, what do you call a rudderless ship heading towards a waterfall? A pretty desperate situation. The, the so, trailblazers. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so like if I'm an opposing GM and I'm being approached and I have a decent trove of assets and I'm being approached with CJ McCollum base trades or Nurkic, Covington, some combination of other assets. I don't know why I'm continuing that phone call because I know if me and 29 other or 28 other GMs in this scenario play ball, Damian Lillard is going to become available. And like, even if you don't think he's going to land with your team, you could attach yourself as a third or fourth team and get something quality there without giving up much. So I think anytime you have the appearance of desperation, especially when you're investigating the trade market, it's probably not a great thing, especially mid season. It'd be one thing if you had a full season to reset, which brings us to kind of where I want to go with this is we have a new GM now, which is weird that we haven't brought it up yet, but, <laughs> but Mr. Cronin, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Salary cap guru came up through the system, man after my own heart. I appreciate the grind is now sitting in the big boy chair and he has to try to write this ship. I, you know, honestly, I'm kind of excited to have a cap guy here. Although if I had one question from early on is it's been in the organization for, you know, a decade, where was he when Andrew Nicholson's contract was stretched? <laughs> like that, that's kind of what I want to know. Like, were you asleep? Like what, what were you doing that day? But what do you think uh, of Joe Cronin, the, the acting Blazers GM, um, early impressions, early ideas. What, what do you think his toughest task is so far? He's going to face immediately. Well, I think the biggest thing is he will only be an interim GM. I don't think there's any way this organization kind of keeps the same group intact that, have, that have brought us to this point anyways. Um, I, I just don't see it. Good for him. I mean, he's clearly worked his way up. Old Northern Colorado boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, works his way up from an intern. Um, very cool story, but I just don't get the, there's nothing that would lead me to believe that he's the guy. And, and I think, unless, you know, they're really trying to make some moves now and don't have the, the time to really fully vet a new person to step into that chair. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think he's just keeping the seat warm until Portland finds someone else kind of bringing a new culture, new set of ideas and uh, hopefully treat their employees a little better. Yeah. I mean, we've heard some ideas just as far as a GM search goes as, you know, Joe Cronin, I, I mean, I think you could do worse. I mean, we've seen kind of a cap guru guy mm-hmm. be in this seat before under Paul and didn't last very long and rich Cho, but you know, not the worst situation, especially like some of the, the rumblings we heard about this, this team heading into the deadline was, Oh, they're just going to try to dump salary, dump $3 million and, you know, get under the luxury tax. You know, if anybody knows how to navigate, you know, waving some one year guys like see you later, Tony Snell, don't really care. And we cycled 10 day play like 10 day contracts 
and get under the cap that way, that's awesome. And this is the perfect guy to do that. But it just doesn't seem like the moves that need to get done. Um, well, I don't know who reported it. It was either in an athletic piece or it might have been Jake Fisher's piece in Bleacher Report. But basically, there has been some rumblings at Damian Lillard's camp. And some of the players on the team were, you know, not quite satisfied with the level of diversity in the front office and the Blazers organization. So I could see the Blazers, you know, looking at that, a popular name that's come up via Kevin Pelton and a few other people is uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, former Blazer, um, longtime Goodwin client, same agency as Damian Lillard. Um, I actually really like that idea, mainly because I'm a a weirdo for the G G League, and that's kind of the (laughs) position he's been in and really, you know, player development focused. And a guy who knows Portland, a guy who played in Portland and knows, you know, how to hopefully market this to a free agent. But as far as Joe Cronin's job, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around an idea that this interim GM is going to make this big deal either with CJ McCollum or or Damian Lillard. I mean, at the most extreme. But I do see a window here where maybe we get a Robert Covington-based deal, a Yusuf Nurkic-based deal. Hell, like even like Zach Lowe was talking about earlier this week is, you know, Larry Nance Jr. should be on the table, especially if this is how Chauncey Billups is going to use him. Like maybe mm-hmm. he can be maximized elsewhere. He's a positive asset, most likely. So I I wonder, I, I'm much more comfortable with him pulling off one of those moves. And really Portland's interim GMs have a good history I mean, just recently uh, of executing a trade of this level, you know, I mean, just look at this is how Damian Lillard landed with the Blazers. So what how what's the biggest asset you see Joe Cronin moving before the trade deadline is basically the roundabout way of what I'm getting at. Probably Rocco, just because he can fit in with any squad, really. Um, You know, Nurk being Nurk, kind of a. Might be a little bit of a head case at times. It's just that traditional center doesn't necessarily slot in with anybody. I think you could trade Cove to about anybody. I don't know. You know, I think the return would vary. But, man, you got to feel bad for for Cronin, right? Like, he's getting his shot. And this poor guy's getting his shot midseason with a team that's below 500, with a star that's battling an injury that, you know, it was a little scary in the fact that it's not something you can point to with a with a firm timeline. Yeah. With with a with an ownership situation that is unclear. You know, there's it was mentioned in uh, Jake Fisher's piece that you know Jody might be looking to sell the team in 2025 after a new TV deal, which would kind of make sense if you're looking to get out. And then you have a coach that's you know not exactly overperforming. So this guy is just walking into a dumpster <laughs> fire of a situation. It's like. I- Hey, Joe, congrats. Sorry. You're the new GM for Portland. I mean, would you rather be Joe Cronin in this situation or the dude tasked with running Enron in 2006? Because they feel very, very similar. So <laughs> Depends but, on your ability, your plausible deniability of how you yeah, got there. Yeah. With Robert Covington, as far as a trade asset, like my view is quickly becoming like Robert Covington is the Sears department store of wing players where – You can, you can market him. It's marketed to everybody, but marketed to no one at the same time. Like, (laughs) so like everybody likes the idea of a Robert Covington, but nobody practically practically goes 
two Sears to get a Robert Covington. So, um, man, if he was the Sears, it'd be like, I mean, we got him. We paid top dollar for a Roco lawnmower, yeah. and that thing just doesn't cut the yard worth of shit. And so <laughs> it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to sell that to your neighbor when they see what your lawn looks like with that i mean if we want to do sears analogies all day like we can like if if the blazers are sears damien lillard is definitely like the craftsman tool like the sears like blue chip that you can always rely on and then like you know roco is like a decent kenmore washing machine maybe (laughs) so like let's okay enough enough on the sears tangent but go ahead Nah, that's I was gonna I was gonna compare more to like sheets that you think might be nicer <laughs> yeah. than they are. You get Decent. them in bed and you're like, ah, yeah, I made a mistake here. They're not quite, <laughs> quite what I quite what I thought I was getting. This thread count is bogus. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's definitely going to be a very interesting lead up to the trade deadline. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. Like I, I, this, I mean, by the time this probably publishes, there's gonna be like six new stories about everything that's going on. We should point out the Adrian Wojnarowski story did receive some very pointed criticism from Damian Lillard. So I believe somebody tweeted basically like it's a picture of Donald Trump and Mike Pence (laughs) at a table at a press conference, shaking hands like they got a deal done. And somebody had put, you know, uh, Olshay and Woj after they finished that, Lillard slander piece and like Dame quote tweeted it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so, well, and he had some stuff on his Instagram, and it's like I, I kind of, I'm kind of here for it. Well, and you know, something we really didn't talk about with the Woj piece, that was a Damian Lillard hit piece. Oh, I think there are shreds of truth to the fact that paying him fifty million dollars when he's 36 might not be the best idea. I think we can all agree that there's you know, you could probably justify that take. But when they were going after, you know, and I quote Lillard and his camp have been thwarted on leverage plays and make it they make it seem like Dame is trying to do all these things behind the scenes, and but they've been thwarted. I don't know. It, it really was a hit piece on not just him, but kind of him and his team. And, you know, no wonder he's pissed about it. Out of all the pieces that have come out, that has to be the most inflammatory. And I was a little surprised to see it come from Woj and be on ESPN, frankly. I mean, it really kind of speaks to what we all assumed about Neil O'Shea. So why would Neil O'Shea have a problem with Damian Lillard? Because Damian Lillard is the only one who could really, in a post-Paul Allen organization, could challenge his power. And and Mm -hmm. you're seeing that as, you know, Damian Lillard, if there was three pillars of the last couple of years, it was Terry Stotts, Neil O'Shea, and Damian Lillard. I'm not saying they're all of equal value, but they're all helping hold the house up. Um, Two of them are gone now. And of course, the one who might be the most spiteful and power hungry, at least that's what the rumor was, and it certainly looks true, is coming after the one who's left. And I don't think in a million years, Neil O'Shea, I, I think, thought he was going to be, you know, wasn't going to be the last one standing out of that trio. I think he thought this was a career job here in Portland, mm-hmm. maybe. So it's just, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's a rough situation <laughs> to be in. Um, on the human side of things, CJ McCollum, 
had a really interesting piece with Jason Quick. And sometimes we forget when we're discussing all of this. Um, just there is a human factor to this. And CJ McCollum was talking about obviously trade trade rumors with Neil O'Shea gone, one of his biggest supporters, the guy who drafted him. You know, his his future is far from certain in Portland. And he really just kind of opened up about, you know, he's a player, he's a husband, he's a soon-to-be father. And just talking about, you know, what, what's going on here, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds everybody, especially when we're on this side of the Zoom channel, uh, of what's going on and, and what's important and how we talk about these players. And, and you know, they are human beings. So he's a, you know, and CJ is a guy who's been in a complete class act his whole time in Portland. We've discussed this before, but I really do not think he gets enough credit for willingly playing second banana, you know, to Dame's, to Dame's one. Um, at the same time, that dude's pretty comfortable. He's making a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not weeping over here reading that yeah. article, Yeah, but, it, yeah. but I, I completely agree with you. I think he is kind of struggling. Um, you know, he, I think it was some off the court stuff that's bogging him down a little bit. And it does remind us that these are players, especially a guy that's conduct himself the way he has. So I would agree, but at the same time, is a time to break up the backcourt. Yes, it is, Steve. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> conversation will probably be ramping up in the next couple of weeks as Joe Cronin gets his yeah gets his feet down. Joe Cronin about to put his stamp on this <laughs> yeah. team. So, on a positive note, I want to give a sincere congratulations to our good friend of the podcast, Adrian Berdisich. He is a new father. Hannah yeah, Berdisich. Yeah arrived earlier this week i don't know how time works in australia they could be ahead of us behind us i believe they're ahead of us they're in the future Mm -hmm. so we have a new blazers fan in the family um you know adrian was in the running for the arvidas sabonis of the blazers a really lovable foreigner that was you know playing really good but i think hannah is gonna take the take the title i i think she's gonna be the new favorite foreigner blazers at least for me the, the best fan out there. So I want to welcome Hannah Bernisich to the Blazers family and, and sincere congratulations to, to Adrian and Georgina and, and welcome to a hell of a ride being parents. <laughs> Brian, who's not a parent, not going to like, I'm like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Good, good move. <laughs> you have to change diapers no. in the Southern hemisphere. I don't know how it works. I know your toilet flushes the other way. I'll, ta- I'll talk uh, to you sometime. Baby. No, in all, in all jokes. Congrats, buddy. Yeah. Super exciting times for you, man. All right, everybody. I'm sure everything's going to change next week. We didn't really talk about how the Blazers were playing. And I think that's probably a testament for how they're playing real quick. <laughs> lost. Six of seven. Um, slightly better effort against the Clippers uh, to start the week, but completely lifeless performances against the Spurs, against the Celtics. I guess real quick, one more real quick. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the Pritchard thing at the end of the Celtics game? I don't know if you caught it. You might have turned it off like a sane person, but um, Peyton Pritchard put on a show in front of the home crowd, you know, proud Westland high school guy um, just put on a show. The bench loved it. Everybody was going nuts. Chauncey Billups didn't love it. Damian Lillard did also did not love it from the bench. I say go for it. 
it's the Blazers' job to stop those plays, and it should be a wake-up call to the team. Brian, any uh, thoughts? I'm not advocating violence, but that's why we need a knucklehead on the team is go out there and cut that shit. <laughs> so, I mean, that was someone not giving a little hard foul like, hey, bud, you know, cut I mean, it I, out, game's over. And I'll tell you what, I had checked out by that time <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I was I had to go stab forks in my eyes rather than watch the rest, yeah. the rest of that game. But yeah. I had to go back and watch it just to, just to really – experience that moment and it was awful man it's like yeah. what what are we doing here this this season is just the season from hell and <laughs> like, the, like the salt in the wound is when they just show damon stoudemire and emma Adoka like sitting there on the bench and uh, it's just like this could have been us this could have been us like it's just it's rough it's a rough thing to watch also i will say as i've mentioned on this show i am Fairly positive. I lead Sandstone Middle School in Hermiston, uh, Oregon, with flagrant ejections <laughs> in basketball, you. and I would not have let that stand. I would have been out of there, but that shit would have stopped. But you know, yeah, we needed you. But you know, the first domino has fallen. Well, Shay's out. Unfortunately, we no longer have. Well, he could be a scapegoat for a couple more years. There's still guys on in bloated contracts on the squad, so. We do. We are going to not be able to have such an easy punching bag moving forward. So <laughs> we're going to have to deal with our feelings some other some other way. And I just hope we all treat each other nicely right. and we'll get through this together. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, don't see that happening. We're going to find <laughs> a way. We're going to find a way. We're going to find a scapegoat and we're going to be divided on it. Guaranteed. So. Uh. Real final thing. Let's go Timbers playing in the championship game. Yep. You know, one good news in Portland, you know, playing the title game, home game Saturday. You know, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be around. I might be at the game. I might be tweeting out if there are some Roy enthusiasts at the game, we might find a way to get a beer on Saturday. So as long as, it's not at, as long as it's not after the game, when you've had a little couple too many and there's an empty beer pitcher nearby, that's all I'm going to yeah. say about that yeah. story. Yep. Yeah off limits so all right <laughs> all right everybody thank you this week try to stay sane things will get better rumors are hot but you know we have a history of interim gms coaching change things could turn around so chin up rip city we're, we're gonna get out we're gonna get through this we're gonna get out of this so that's it this week let's go blazers thanks for listening to this episode of the church of roy podcast if you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.